0: everybody this is Daniel Patrick and this is episode number 160 of the mandolins and beer podcast brought to you in part by my favorite website the mandolin cafe also brought to you in part by acoustic disc again they got that dog works volume three out there right now and they also have a new acoustic encounters podcast dog and Danny Barnes talking about old and in the way uh, the live recordings. so be sure to check that out Via the link in the description or go to Acoustic Discs website. Also brought to you in part by Grace Design Preamps, some of the finest preamps being built today. If you look on the stage of some of your favorite acoustic based bands, if they plug their instrument in, there's a good chance they're plugged into one of the Grace Design Preamps, the Bix, the Alex, and now the Felix 2. I've got the Felix 2 at my feet right now and I've been really enjoying it. Hope everybody is doing well. I try not to do uh, too much time on the social media stuff, but I'm glad I checked it this week because Grant Gordy posted about Ross Martin's brand new album that just came out. It's available on Bandcamp. It's called Sylvan Tunnel. It's produced by Matt Flinner. And the album, while not a mandolin quote unquote release, there's a couple tracks that Matt plays mandolin on, but the inc- the, the entire album. Is incredible and ross has done an album with grant before he plays with uh jake jolliffe sometimes when jake's doing live shows uh, he's in the music du jour project with matt flinner so he's obviously an incredible player but this album is blowing my mind i've been listening to it a ton it's available on bandcamp and i reached out to ross today and uh, asked if i could play a track and so at the very end of this episode there's a track called millsburg with matt flinner playing mandolin on it and um the album i'll have a link in the description or at mandolinsobeer.com so you can just click on that link head over to Bandcamp, and purchase a copy of this incredible album so thanks to ross for letting me play this and i hope you enjoy the track it's at the very end of this episode and this episode is with mark Shimick from songs of the road band what a great guy! Um, I got to bump into him. Well, you'll hear about how I uh, bumped into him at IBMA, but um, just you're gonna catch the enthusiasm of this guy during this episode. So, and he's playing the uh, weekend after Thanksgiving, the Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving, with um, some friends of mine. Into the Fog. I got to meet them at IBMA. They listen to the podcast. Hello, fellas. Hope you're all listening now. Go and see them. They're going to be playing in Raleigh on Friday night. Looks like it's going to be a blast. I am not going to be doing an episode next week. I'm taking next week off. I've got um, my wife's whole family is in town. It's like 23 people, I believe. So I'm going to be hanging out with them and uh, just going to try to take a little little downtime here. And so I hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving. And again, I just want to tell everybody how thankful I am uh, that you listen to this podcast. It's really, really amazing and uh, it's a joy to do each week. So thank you so much for doing that. I'll also hopefully have my website. I will, that is on my list, to update with the new merch. Um, I've got more hats now available, the mandolin hats and T-shirts as well. I just cannot figure out this flipping website. It's driving me crazy. Anyhow, it's a problem for another time. Let's get into the sponsors here real quick. Peghead Nation. With Peghead Nation streaming video courses in mandolin, guitar, banjo, fiddle, dobro, ukulele, and bass, you'll learn bluegrass and old time and other styles from some of the most talented players and instructors in roots music—the best lineup of mandolin instructors, in my opinion. Sharon Gilchrist, Joe K. Walsh, Mike Compton, John Reichman, Aaron Weinstein, Marla Fibus, Chad Manning, Ian Curry—all the courses include high-quality multi-angle video lessons, downloadable notation/tab, play-along tracks, and plenty of tunes and songs to play. Join any of Peghead Nation's video courses now. Get your first month for free. Just go to pegheadnation.com and use the promo code All One Word Mandolin Beer at checkout. Northfield Mandolins, let's build more than a mandolin together. Check out their website at northfieldmandolins.com or download their app at mandosummit.app for lots of special performance recordings, demonstrations, and special workshops. Ear Trumpet Labs, they hand build microphones in Portland, Oregon. Their mics are beautifully designed. They have great feedback rejection for live use and the most natural tone you'll find for acoustic instruments. Check them out at eartrumpetlabs.com today. And much like Grace Design, if you go to a live show to one of your favorite acoustic bands, there's a good chance you're going to see some Ear Trumpet Lab microphones gracing that stage. Pava Mandolins, dedicated to building for the impassioned player, Pava Mandolins, located in Austin, Texas. Also, Roger Simonoff from Straight Up Strings and the Siminoff Mandolin Construction Manuals is offering all the mandolins and beer listeners through the end of 2022 10% off books and strings. So if you're a mandolins and beer podcast listener, just go to uh, Straight Up Strings and at checkout, use the code MANDOBEER, all caps, all one word for the promo code, you'll get 10% off and that's off of the packs. So that's a great deal. They've also got banjo, guitar, and now resonator strings, too, so you can get all your strings there. And uh, Roger has put so much research into these strings that the tagline is, hear every note of every chord. I mean, if you know Roger Siminoff, if you don't, go back and listen to the episodes where he he does it. His research is, is incredible. I mean, there's a reason why some of the best luthiers in the world have Roger's books on their desks for building mandolins. He puts that amount of time into the strings as well. So go to Straight Up Strings, sign up for the newsletter, get yourself a 10% discount by using the code MANDOBEER, all one word, all caps at checkout, and Elderly Instruments. Elderly Instruments is your trusted source for new, used, and vintage fretted and stringed instruments. For the experienced beginner player, their vast selection of mandolins, guitars, banjos, ukuleles, and did I say mandolins? Includes all of the accessories and books to go with them. All instruments are inspected and set up for easy playability, and their down-to-earth and knowledgeable staff are there to help. Now, in their 50th year, they're family owned and operated. They ship worldwide, and you can visit them anytime at Elderly.com. All right, folks. Have a great day. I want to thank Mark. This one's a little bit on the shorter side. Mark had a, a lot of stuff going on, but I'm really excited that he squeezed this episode in. It was a blast talking with him. And uh, be sure to check him out. His links are in the description below. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, don't forget to stick around for this Ross Martin song at the end. And go buy that album on Bandcamp. It is incredible. Cheers, everybody.
1: I can't walk out because I love you too much,
2: baby. Why can't you see?
0: All right, man. It is my pleasure <laughs> now to introduce and welcome to the podcast, Mark Shimick. Mark, how's it going? Hey, what's going on? Not much, buddy. Thank you, thank you for doing this,
2: man. Daniel, I appreciate you having me in today.
0: You know it's um so funny I you know I, just, I have this giant list before I started this podcast of just all the mandolin players I'm like how many mandolin players are there you know and so I've got this gigantic list and just slowly checking them off and and your name's been on there since the start and and it was great to run into you at IBMA I'm walking down a hallway and here just the most ripping version of sixteen sixteen going on by an ice, oh, by an ice yeah. machine, <laughs> and it's you.
2: That was up there on that thirteenth. I mean, was it the seventeenth floor?
0: I can't even remember. seventeenth. Yeah,
2: that's why right. we were up there on the seventeenth floor. And yeah, sure enough, there was the um one of the showcase rooms, and I was just standing outside, um, trading mandolin licks with um my buddy John Looney and his his uh. His wife is Anna Klein has been helping uh, IBMA like put a lot of that stuff together. So that was a that was a good moment. I haven't seen those people in a while. They used to live up here in Asheville, and um, so yeah, it was it was it was just good to be able to hang out with them for a minute. <laughs> and you know, of course, that's that's my nature. I'm just going to pull the mandolin out wherever I want to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that was a new mandolin for you too it
2: is it is um it is the same style mandolin that i um i have probably recorded at least 50 percent of my stuff with so it's like i'm i'm back to playing a gibson at five and um yeah i'm really really happy to have it back and you after my son was born i went through a period where i you know i guess you become a new parent and you kind of freak out and I I sold my Gibson f five at the time, and, and man, I I tell you what, I must have went through twenty mandolins. It was insane. Just tra- and the funny thing is, I could find ones that sounded thicker. I could find something you know, that sounded louder, but I I I never really and and but I never really got it to where like everything was on point. So like, so getting back to this mandolin, you know, was was pretty important to me. You know, it's it's. I was, I was I'm, I'm really psyched to have have um one of these back, and the one I got is a 1999 uh, Gibson F5G, and it's basically the era of uh, Charles Darrington. So yeah, it's 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 a really it's a it's a real workhorse, and and it just. It, it, it makes playing enjoyable and fun,
1: you
0: know? <laughs> well, you look like you're always having fun playing though. You, 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 <laughs> exhibit, you know what I mean? Like you're really good with social media stuff too, man. Your, your Facebook page, you post a lot of live stuff or you were definitely posting a lot of live stuff, especially even like during the pandemic.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, the funny part is, is I've been totally thinking about getting back into it again. You know, um, sometimes the responsibilities of life get in the way and, you know, and and, and has caused me to post a few less live streams than I was, but you know, um, it's funny you should say that because I've been totally thinking about doing that here, possibly starting again next week since it's, you know, it's my off season for the most part. Yeah. There's, there's, there's still, even though it is kind of the off season, there's still plenty of gigs coming up, but, but just, um, you know, it, it's not going to be like every, you know, it's not going to be like three times a week like it, it is in the on-season or, you know, when you go out and do a tour for a month or something, you know. And, yes, you know, but, you know, it's, it's there's, just, there's still some really, really cool shows coming up here even in this winter. Like um, the day after Thanksgiving over at um, – in Raleigh at the Lincoln Theater, we as songs from the Road Band are gonna do a big co-bill with the band Into the Fog, and oh, so, great. I'm re- so I'm so I'm really looking forward to that. And um, also, I've had a little bit of time to do um, my rock and roll side project too, which Mud Tea, which is you know, which is so much fun. I'm I'm I started that with a guy named Toby Weaver who used to. Uh, be in the band the Cordovas. And yeah, and, and he he and I grew up together in Charlotte. And he learned old time fiddle and, and finger picking blues guitar and some bluegrass rhythm and whatnot. And he can he could flat pick a few tunes like Doc Watson kind of style. And um, but mostly old time fiddle in terms of the picking. But when we were kids we used to play like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and Jimi Hendrix and and so we, we decided and we decided to get back together and I, I was the drummer and and you know when we were kids and so it's been a lot of fun for us to get that back going.
0: Yeah, because you didn't you didn't start in mandolin directly. You you found your way into mandolin.
2: Well, yeah, um, it, it spoke to me and I picked it up and it felt really natural and uh, I stuck with it you know, thankfully <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know every day's a, um, you know, every day's a learning experience on it and there's you know there's plenty of killer pickers out there you know that will humble you and I think I, 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 I kind of believe that if I can't be the best picker the best thing is to really just go out and make what you're playing like count and just try to make it sing. And and that's, and then nobody can take any of that away from you. That's just, and that's the way I approach it. You know, Um, if, if it's complicated, if it's progressive, it's, if it's traditional, if it's simple, any of that, you know, just, just try to take what I'm, Saying at the time and make it sing, and also just try to make the statement from start to finish, man. So that's that's kind of like my philosophy on the mandolin is, just try try to make one big complete story come out of it, you know. Finish from start to
0: end. <laughs> it, It's funny, too, because it's, it, like you said, humbling. And not only is, is there somebody out there that can humble you, there's an eight-year-old out there that could probably humble all of us. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like. Oh,
2: oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, some of my favorite mandolin playing buddies that I've seen over the years were people that had just picked the mandolin up. But they had the audacity and the gall to not really care too much about what was coming out of their instrument. <laughs> and, 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 and I really, really liked it. You know, I mean, it's like wherever they were, might've been falling short in like quoting somebody or, you know, just, just actually being able to get from point A to point B that they had the audacity to like just, um, hit the heck with it button <laughs> and, 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 uh, and just go with it. And, you know, I think that's important. You know, it's, it's funny. I don't know. Um, you know, we all can't be the best player, but we can be the best player that we are at that time. Yeah. You know, and, and I think part of that is just following through with what you're trying to say
0: you know it's it, i always use guitar players for a point because i and guitar players just because you know they're on the cover of all these music magazines and every store you go into but i saw Stevie Ray Vaughan on the cover of a magazine yesterday and i love Stevie Ray Vaughan but you know if you mm-hmm. if you put Stevie mm-hmm. Ray Vaughan in Metallica Stevie Ray Vaughan wouldn't sound great in Metallica you know he's not he's not the best guy for right. Metallica right. <laughs> you know you fi- pick your lanes and that's what you do
2: right right or just like um and, 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 you know, you, you could stick with your lane, but there's always something to learn from somebody else, of course. And um, and, and and just be able to, like, to learn from that. I, I'll, I'll use an example. Man, I was 16 years old. And me and the guy from Mud T were playing that classic rock stuff. And at one point, I decided to join... A band with like quote unquote cool people. and it was a funk it was a funk band and uh, when I did that eventually I wasn't cool enough they got rid of me but I, I went to the shows later on to check out the drummer who took my place who and this was 1990 well, 1991 I'm showing my age here <laughs> I got he was still he this this drummer that took my place was a year younger than me and he is he was so well versed in like jazz music that like like he had already started going and taking college classes and whatnot and like and it was really really cool to watch what he did versus what i was doing at the time because at the time I, i guess i was 16 17 years old i mean my predominant drum influence at the time was mitch mitchell from you know experience and i'm sitting there trying to play all that busy stuff like in a funk band and i sit there and watch this guy pick and choose his battles and like really really tastefully and and it was it was it was something it was something for me to like i'm glad i learned that lesson as as a youngin so you know (laughs) right right
0: that was a, that's it, man. You, well, you you had mentioned that um, when you were, you know, some of your favorite players were people who had just picked it up and, and, and were doing it, which makes me just notice how much you must listen to other players because that's something, like you said, you have. There's something to learn from everyone. But what when you first when you first picked up that mandolin, what were you? Who were you listening to, or who were some of your influences in in, in the mandolin world?
2: Uh well, let's let's see. Um, 1992 summer of 1992, I went. Uh, I started going to Appalachian State, and um, up there in Boone, North Carolina, Appalachian State University, and um, I specifically moved there to get into the picking scene. Yeah, uh, you know, for all, any of the other colleges, I got into, I was like, I'm just, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I I'm, I'm, go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go where 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 the picking is. And so first day first day um in the dorm, I drop my stuff off, I, I walk outside and I, I walk down to the uh um you know, to the stadium and and there there's Doc Watson picking a set. Oh no way so, Yeah, first day I mean I'm talking first day. So like I mean, immediately and so I was really, really it was pretty awesome. Ended up getting a cassette of Doc and Merle playing live, and they cover a double file Salt Creek. that from listening to um, Gid Tanner and the Skill Lickers and so my second cassette like that I had found at the time was at a record store and I just happened to find Gid Tanner and the Skill Lickers which is you know funny because that's from the 1920s and 1930s And um, so it's like, funny, I had an old time, um, old time fiddle cassette before I even had a bluegrass one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but the next one, the following one after that was Grisman Garcia. So, um, so, so we're going to go into mainland players there. Let's we'll start with Dave Grisman, you know? And um, of course, that's just beautiful, you know, um, you know, I mean, there's no other way to really ex- ex- express that. I mean, it's just it's. You know, Grisman has a lot of economy in his playing, and he's also got those bigger fingers too. So, like, <laughs> right. you know, so like, you know, his tone is really full. You know, and um, you know, come to find out later, he likes using a pick that has like kind of a rounder edge.
0: Yeah, those Golden
2: Gates. Right. He has a he has a tone that is that's that's. A little bit different from the next mandolin player I got into, which was Bill Monroe. (laughs) um, So it goes from Grisman to led me to Bill Monroe. Like my um, my folks had sent me an article, like from a Raleigh newspaper about Bill Monroe, and and um, it's like that's great. Let's and and um, for Christmas that year they bought me a box set from 1945 to 1949 um joe monroe and his bluegrass boys and i sat there and studied that for for a long time because it was just like at the time i was listening to a lot of uh, um, blues and so like it, it really translated to me like in terms of how the blues met with appalachian music you know and So some of the picking he did back then in the forties, like let's say let's say the early fifties, it's pretty daredevil. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah.
2: For sure. I mean, and, and then think about it. Think about the first time you ever hear Blue Moon of Kentucky. I mean, what a song. And, and and just the way he sang it is it's it's it has got a, a total bluesy tonality to it, you know, and, and such a perfect song too. But, um, I was saying that after that, 1995, I went to my first Merle Fest and, um, snuck in, actually. <laughs> 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 uh, and, um, and of course, on stage, there's Tony Rice and Sam Bush and Bela Fleck and Jerry Douglas, and, and they're all doing that all star jam bit, you know. and. Out of that whole bunch, the two that grabbed me the most was Tony Rice and, and, and Sam Bush, of course. And one of the best things about watching Sam is I could um diatonically hear what he was doing because he was pl- pretty much playing the major scale, right? And, occasional, and a, occasionally like a minor one or a blues one, but mostly the major scale. You know, I, so I could t- diatonically hear what he's doing, but I could not for my life figure out at that time because at, at that time I'd still yet I'd still yet to really actually own a mandolin was to figure out how he was getting a lot of those lead-in tones and 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 how he was going from note to note and man god it was freaking amazing and plus he was having such a good time <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was having a, he was having a ball you know and 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 just head banging I was like that's, that guy's great. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, I it's like, um, so, you know, I immediately took to Sam Bush. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty typical. Let's just say I went from Grisman to Monroe, Sam Bush. And then interestingly enough, that year, and this is before I actually owned the mandolin, I somehow managed to sit down in a jam session with a 14 or fifteen year old Chris Teeley. <laughs> and yeah and i'm and, and we're playing red hair boy okay we're playing red hair boy and it's it's should actually no 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 it was um it was salt creek it was salt creek you know um um anyways I'm sitting here struggling to barely get through like because I, I at this point I didn't even really own man on yet but and then here comes Chris Teeley, like Everyone quieted down because, like, at that time, like, his playing style was, you know, a little bit quieter. Yeah, everyone quieted down to hear what he was doing. And it was, it was like, good God. <laughs> 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 and he's sitting there pulling off, like, arpeggios from, like, you know, the like, all the way up to, like, the 16th fret and back down. And, you know, 17th fret and back down. You know, and I'm just like, good God. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Yeah. You know, it was, it was pretty awesome. So, so like that was, yeah, that was my first sink or swim moment was actually getting a jam with Christy Lee. <laughs> it's
0: a good way to to, to test your mettle. You're still playing. <laughs> <That's great.
1: laughs>
0: if a lesser person might've just given up at that point.
2: Oh God. Well, I, I, I knew, I, I knew I could, I knew from that point it was nothing, but, a <laughs> <laughs> uh. I was like I was like I'm not there yet, but I'll get somewhere one of these days. So yeah. you know.
0: So were you going to school for music? Well originally,
2: yeah, I was I, <laughs> I, um I did go yeah, I was in Appalachian State for piano originally. And it ironically I got in to the music program with a song that I learned when I was eleven years old. It was a Gershwin tune. And but tell you the truth though, it's only because I had memorized it. And and, and 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 you know I was never like that great of a sight reader on piano, especially when it came to like something very difficult. You know, um To this day, I'm I'm not the greatest sight reader on piano. I I can, I can get by at somebody's church. (laughs) 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 Put me on the organ, you know. That's all. I I think I'll pull it off, you know. But 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 you know, but but, um, no, that did not last very long. (laughs) And that's and and um, at the time, I was still predominantly, you know, mainly playing drums. And I, and at that point, I'd still yet to really find my voice as a as a singer, you know. Um, and I I feel like that's kind of my original gift, and mandolin being my the second gift added to it. But at the same time, you know, as as I as now in my forties, <laughs> I, I feel like you know singing and, and playing mandolin is, is, is my main calling. You know, that's my, that's my vocation. That's, that is my passion.
0: Yeah. And you can see it, dude, when you play, you can see it. I mean, uh, on those live streams, you see the pure joy that music brings you, you know, and, and you really, you put your stamp on it too, which is really, really, really great to, to see. Um, it's cause it's tough to do in this world and not just your solo shows, even your duo shows and and trio shows that you've live streamed. And then with your full band, you got a a really cool approach to the mandolin and your vocals, obviously.
2: Man, I appreciate you saying that. It's like, I feel, I feel blessed that, um, I came up when I did, um, being that I started playing like, Said like in the mid '90s, basically I bought my first mandolin in, in July of 1996.
0: Do you remember what kind it was? Oh God, it was a POS. It
2: was a. It was a. God, it might have been a. Might have just been a little A-style Washburn, you know. Um, it's just it was just just what I could find at the time, and but my second mandolin, like. Was given to me for 800 bucks, as because because I only gave 500 down on it, and the and the, and the guy let me pay extra on it. And that was a Kentucky 675, you know, solid wood F-style mandolin. And man, that thing sounded good. It wasn't it wasn't the loudest one, but man, it had it had the Lloyd Lord tone to it. I, I lucked out and found a really really good one. It was just kind of meant to be. You know, and uh, I feel pretty lucky that I came up when I did because I was able to run into people that played old time, like in a kind of a strict sense. I was able to run into first generation bluegrass people, all kinds of people my age that were playing all kinds of new grass. Um, Living in Boone at the time, the two bands that were coming through all the time were the Blue Rags and, uh, and Acoustic Syndicate. And, and, and who was going to be my boss four years later, which is, which was Larry Keel and his wife. So that was a pretty cool, it was a, and then a year later, we run into a, a bandmate that became kind of a mentor to us, which was a guy named Billy Constable, who, uh, like us was playing around, you know, people that enjoyed all kinds of music and played like what you want to call early, quote unquote, jam grass. But was so steeped in first generation bluegrass that um you know he his family, he was a member of the Wiseman family Scotty and Bell specifically and his mama was married to Charlie Moore so uh, and it, and come to find out later that his direct guitar teacher was John Reno so so it's like you know I, I feel really lucky for the you know, the schooling that I got and the people I was able to hang out with. You know, and watch and and learn from. And
0: yeah, so it was a pretty cool time. <laughs> How did it go from, you know, four years seeing those people and then and then suddenly being in Larry Keel's band?
2: Uh, um. I, I, man, there's... Oh, God. That's a loaded one right there. <laughs> there's all kinds of... Uh, there's all kinds of answers to that. One of the funnier ones was living on Ocracoke Island in the Outer Banks in 1999. And there was a place called the Jolly Roger that's you know, right there on the silver Lake, right, right there in the village. And we managed to get hired by them to do a week. Like we were playing seven days a week at this place, but come to find out that they had double booked us one time. Larry was supposed to
1: come in and play, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and um, and and the funny thing is, is like we were they, they had us cleaning rooms. They had us cleaning rooms, and then we were a- able to play this gig for free. And um, but at that time, this was 1999. You know, man, that place was slam packed full of tours, so we were making 200 dollars a day. Like you know, just sitting there like. Not giving a rat's butt about anything. You know, having way too much fun. (laughs) Way too much fun. But the funny part is, like, they had to cancel Larry's show. Oh, no way. So, like, for a minute there, they were really upset and, and... but they by the end of the trip they had realized that it wasn't me that did it.
1: <laughs> 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 and, and, and like, <laughs>
2: so fast forward to the very next year, I'm back down there on the Outer Banks and I'm hanging out with Larry and Jenny again. And Jenny mentions to Larry, uh at that time they were they were going through a couple of man on players, including Billy Cosby. My you know, one of my mentors and She's like, "Larry, Mark knows all your songs." <laughs> 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 like, I don't know. You know. And then like, you know, and sure enough, like like 4 months later, I get to sit in with Billy in the band and they move Billy over to banjo from mandolin and they put me on mandolin and God, I, I spent the majority of the next 14 years getting to play with him. Yeah, you know, it, it was pretty
1: wild. <laughs>
0: got to put out some recordings and all that amazing stuff as well. And then songs from the Road Band starts up and that's like uh that started out that was like, that was a, just a all-star crew of North Carolina musicians.
2: Well, well, you know and and there was that we got to record with whoever we wanted to record with because at first that was Charles Humphrey's outlet for his songwriting while he was in the Steve Canyon Rangers. And uh you know, he was writing songs of them on stage, but he wasn't getting all of them out that he that he wanted to, quite naturally. And so all these songs are building up and we were already playing like gigs at like pizzeria's, like at, at Barley's and stuff like that. And then we went from there and started making these recordings and we had Andy Andy Thorne there, you know, that was, you know, with Leftover Salmon. And, um, John Stickley was sitting in a couple times, John Stickley trio, you know, um, and just, we're, we, so we ended up doing these recordings and, and next, you know, the first album was just called songs of the road.
1: The map you need. The time will come, you will see New King will be crown. If you want to sit with him, get to higher ground. You gotta get, you gotta get to higher ground. To high ground. Have your life already. When you see dark clouds, there's storm coming. Wash away the sin. If you get to high ground, you'll make it in.
2: One from there, and then just called the second one songs in the road band <laughs> and got robert greer from town mountain to come in and sing a few which was always a lot of fun and um you know you name it man we were just we we called it songs in the road band at that point and uh you know the rest is history we just kept at it and by 2018 took that long <laughs> we decided we decided let's just go ahead and try to do this full time and that's when we started actually like not just doing shows but you know tory and <laughs> continuing to put out our records i believe we're let me let me count them one two three four five mm, i believe we're on our sixth one that that's coming up that's that's um that we are finally getting ready to put out. It's going to be called pay your dues. So,
0: And what do you know, do you have a date on that for when it comes out? Um, well, I, I,
2: We got the artwork done. We got, I, I believe that's being sent off to the printers here really soon. So oh, great. Sometime early next year is when we're just going to like go ahead and put it out.
0: Yeah, man, let me know so I can let everybody know who hears this, that it's coming out as well too.
2: Oh, I, well, man, absolutely. And, you know, in the tradition of the songs, the road band records, we have special guests on, on each one. This time it's Darren Nicholson, you know, who, um, you know, the great mandolin player, Darren Nicholson, he wrote a, he wrote a song and played a little bit of guitar on it. And we, we got to sing one of the songs that he wrote with Charles and, um, Kyle Tuttle's on the suspicious mind signals. And, um, also, little Tommy Mayer, who you know, the man, uh, excuse me, the Dobro player with um, with a uh, Fireside Collective, and you know, so, so we, it's 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 a good thing, man. We're pretty psyched on
1: it. So.
0: Well, I'm excited to hear it, and I know your I know your time is limited too. So I I got two I got two quick questions for you here, and I don't wanna I don't wanna keep you too much further from your day here. I appreciate you doing this today. And the uh, the first one is, you know, you have a really unique style, which I enjoy watching and playing. And so do you have a tip? Not everybody like, you know, we're fortunate to be able to play mandolin for a living. Uh, Not everybody's got all that time to play. And I always encourage people to play 10 minutes a day. So if you just had 10 minutes a day to tell somebody something to do that would help them in their playing to work on, what would you recommend?
2: We're um, 10 minutes a day. Spend five minutes stumbling through it and then spend the next five minutes trying to get all the way through it. At a decent you know not doesn't have to be completely up to speed, but just get through it from start to finish.
0: Like a fit like a like a tune.
2: Yeah, whether it's a tune or whether you're working out like a, a solo for like a singing song or I I suppose you said don't be scared to like just stumble through it because if you, if you, if you sound amazing doing it right off the bat, chances are you're not actually practicing. So like, you know, so yeah, don't be scared to spend the first five minutes stumbling through, but before you get done, try to get through it all the way through.
0: Yeah, that's great. And then do you have, do you have a favorite beer?
2: Man, I've always been a stout drinker. <laughs> um, um, Favorite brand?
0: Or just anything. Anything if you, if you go to a bar in North Carolina. Do you have like a favorite there?
2: Man, my favorite East Coast malty beer is going to be a Dogfish Head Indian Brown Ale. And my favorite West Coast IPA is... Just give me a lagunitas uh, any day of the week. I also, I love—I've always loved Sierra Nevada like all the Sierra Nevada's. But just show <laughs> me any of those.
0: <laughs> well, ma'am, Mark, thank you so much for doing this. I know—I know you got a lot going on today and, and squeezed it in, and I truly appreciate that. Where can everybody find you?
2: All right, well, you'll find me at right now with um. Songs from the Road and Songs from the road and um, also I got a Facebook page put up for Mug T. Um, facebookcom backslash tea band and um, yeah, that's that's what I got going on right now, and yeah, yeah. Songs and we will I said once again, uh, the day after Thanksgiving we'll be in Raleigh at the Lincoln Theater playing with Into the Fog, and the following night on the Saturday, I'm just doing a mess around jam with some of the guys from Songs in the Road Band at Thomas Street Tavern in Charlotte.
0: Oh, perfect, man. Well, there you go. Go out and see Mark, you North Carolina people. That'll be a great time. Into the Fog, too. I I got to meet those guys uh, at IBMA as well. Great guys, man. That'll be a great show.
2: Yeah, it's going, to be a lot, it's going to be a whole lot of fun, and I'm, I'm really thankful they got us on board for that. So.
0: Well, Mark, thank you for taking the time. It's so nice to meet you. Get down to Charleston so we can uh, do some picking.
2: Definitely. I love, I love playing down there, so I, I can't wait to get back down there to the tour house.
0: Cool, Mark. Th- yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate you.
2: I really appreciate you calling me this morning, too. Yeah,
0: you bet, man. All right, cheers. Take care. Ah, you too. Take it easy, man. Thank you. All right, thank you so much from Mark for doing the podcast. Be sure to check out those shows here the uh, weekend of Thanksgiving. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. As I promised earlier, this is a song off Ross Martin's incredible new album. This one's got Matt Flinner on the mandolin. Song's called Millsburg. Cheers, everybody.